We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. So if you're here for the first time this morning, we welcome you. And the kind of the beauty of all, I think, synagogue services that is unspoken is that basically every synagogue service, no matter where you go, has three parts to it. Essentially, thankfulness or gratitude, yearning, what we long for, what we pray for, all of those things are in that first bucket. And the second bucket is learning. So we move from yearning to learning what we hope for in the world, but also what we need to learn, the guide that the Torah or our wisdom tradition can offer us. And we look to it for advice over and over again, not just for instruction on what you have to do, but what you might consider living so that you might live a more regret-free life. Imagine that. And the third bucket is turning. Not only do we yearn for the world in some way, not only do we learn from the Torah, but we also turn towards and back at the world and say, how might I bring the Torah that I learned this morning out into the world? We'll get to that after we learn a little bit. So let's learn a little bit. This morning's, if you've never been here before, this morning's first learning is not just a learning, it actually is a call to action. And what I mean by that is, traditionally in the Torah service, people are called up and given aliyot or honors. And aliyah literally means to be called up and it would be somebody or perhaps a group of people that are brought up to the Torah to make a blessing over the Torah and to stand with the Torah. But this first aliyah is actually not for anyone in particular, but for everyone in general. Meaning that anyone here is welcome to come up to the Torah when I finish teaching, if what I'm teaching from the tradition speaks to you, where you are at this moment in your life, and if it is in some way something that you need a blessing for and around, you are invited. We begin the fourth and interesting, the fourth book of the five books of Moshe begins this morning. It is called the Parsha, the portion is called Bamidbar in the desert or in the wilderness. It is of all of the five books of the Torah, probably the one most integrated between what's known as nomos and narrative, law and story. Right? There's a lot of law and a lot of stories. Leviticus, not quite like that. Shemot, definitely not like that. And Deuteronomy, not like that. So we have a wonderful merging here of, of story and of law. But it, of course, begins with a census, which is where the English name for the book comes from, because it should be called In the Wilderness. But what's the English name for the fourth book of the five books of Moses? Anybody know? Numbers. Numbers. Which, if you're somebody who doesn't like numbers, you're thinking, I'm definitely not opening that book. Because you're thinking like, it's going to have like Pythagoras, it's going to be like, you know. But it isn't. It, 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 it's named numbers by those who named these things first, you know, in Latin and Greek. And, because the beginning of the book is obsessed with counting the Israelites. Right? The Israelites have their first census form. And the book of... The wilderness begins not with anything in the wilderness, but with a census taken of all the Israelites to see how many there are. 
Of course, when it gets to one particular tribe of the 12 tribes, it, it counts them, but it counts them separately from all of the other tribes. If you look with me on page 779, verse 14. <clears throat> So the Levites, one of the tribes, the Levites, of course, had they known that one day people would be wearing them on their, you know, on their legs and sitting on them and running in them, those Levites, they would have realized that they were onto something. There's something about Levi jeans. There's something about the G-E-N-E-S of Levi's. There's something about where they come from and the beginning of the Levites and who they are and the unique position that they had in the land of Israel or in the people of Israel, amongst the people of Israel. The Levites were told in chapter, if you look at verse 11, I told you to look at verse 14, but look at verse 11 on 778. So 778 is the page. Look at verse 11 on the bottom of the page. The Levites are distinguished. They are set apart. Even amongst a people that is said to be set apart, the Levites were special status. I have taken the Levites for me, God says, from amongst the children of Israel. They replace, as it were, all of the firstborns. Right? Because every firstborn belongs to God, as it were. By According to the ancient Israelite ruling, God is the one who is entitled to everything that is firstborn, from children to fruits and vegetables, everything that is the first fruit of the womb, whatever the womb might be, a literal womb or the ground, belongs, as it were, to God. But God gives the Levites back to us. And the Levites have a particular function. What is the function of the Levites? You know, whom did the Levites serve? Where did they serve? What was their role? What was their ancient deployment? They served in the temple. They, they were government workers. Yeah, they worked in, in the biggest institution in the land of Israel. The, 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 far, the, like the biggest thing around was in Jerusalem. It was a big temple. And everybody came up to the temple to bring their taxes which were animals and fruits and vegetables. And the Levites were the ones who were doing the bureaucracy. They were the ones like, Hi, I'm a Levite. Can I help you? Well, you're here to... And they were also serving the, high, the priests. The priests were the ones doing the work in the temple. The Levites were their helpers. They were schleppers. They helped and they schlepped. They schlepped and helped. They literally schlepped the various vessels, right? If you needed to move something in the temple, you called not schleppers, but Levites. Not Moshe, but Levites. They had a big role. They had a number of clans. And they were counted separately. When did the first time a Levite was counted separately take place? Here's an interesting moment. Right? The first time the Levites are counted separately explains a very odd piece of the counting of the Levites. So everybody with me so far? Because I'm like, I'm super aware of like, this is, mm -mm, but I want to bring it into our hearts, into our lives. But stay with me for a second. What was the age for the census for every average Israelite? Not a Levite, not the Levites. Every average Joe Israel, every average Israel. 
What was the age at which their census taking, they were counted as part of the community? Anybody know what age it was? When they were from 20 years and up. So 20 years and up. Then you counted. What was the age for a Levite? If you don't know the answer, you might look at verse 14, 15, 16. You might look, but you might know the answer. What was the age at which an, a Levite was counted as part of the Levite clan? From one month up. Pretty wild. From one month up. One month. Oh my God. That's wild, right? You're all, I'm thinking, I'm also thinking, that's wild. One month? Not, you know, not like one year old, 13, one month. The first Levite, the first Levite that was ever counted was one month old. Her name was Yocheved. Yocheved, who is Yocheved? Moses' mom, the mom of the future redeemer of the Israelites. Track with me here. When is she counted? We're not told anywhere in the Torah that Yocheved, the mother of Moses, is counted. It's alluded to, it's a hint. When the Israelites are making their way, they're not yet called Israelites. They're the sons and daughters of someone named Israel or Jacob. When Jacob, cum Israel, Israel, is on his way down to Egypt, because why is Jacob going down to Egypt? Anybody know? Why was Jacob going, making his way down to Egypt? Because there was a famine, but who was in Egypt that he wanted to go see? His brother Joseph in the Technicolor Dream Code. There was a big play going on. It was in Egypt. His son, rather. His son, Joseph. So Joseph, Jacob is making his way down to Egypt. Because Joseph is there. And the text tells us, you know how many people went down? A very holy number in the Bible, because the ones who wrote the Bible were infatuated with the number seven and the number ten, seven days of creation, ten commandments. Together, seventy, right? Ten times seven, seven. The ancient writers of the Torah were fascinated by the word, by the number seventy. It meant the totality of things, the wholeness of all. And so the Bible tells us when the Israelites, meaning Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. They were 70 in number. But if you count the number of Israelites who went down to Egypt, how many are there really? One? How many Israelites are there in this census that the Bible gives us for those who went down to slavery? How many are there? Bueller? Bueller? Anybody? 69. The Bible doesn't tell us the truth. If you count, and this matters to people who count things, the Bible says there are 70 souls that went down to Egypt, but there's really only 69. Who is the 70th soul, according to the rabbis, who read the text very, very subtly? There's a, a character who's not accounted for, but who later becomes a very prominent, important woman. Her name is Yocheved. And the, t the Bible in, chapter, in the book of Numbers will tell us that Yocheved was born between Egypt and the land of Canaan. She was born in the place between. She becomes the 70th Israelite to descend to the land of Egypt, and she births the one who becomes the one who lifts the Israelites from the land. The first Levite, before there were Levites who were taking your desires and needs and working organizationally, the first Levite is the daughter born who isn't mentioned until later on, who's born between freedom and slavery, whose child becomes the one who ultimately frees the Jewish people, the Israelites. 
And she was counted from one month up. And so now when we come back to the book of Numbers, chapter 3, verse 14, and we hear about right, the descendants of that woman who was born on the outside and whose child becomes the one who ultimately brings those who are enslaved to the free place. We have a little bit of an insight into what the role the Levites had in the polity and the people was. Their role, genetically, from the place of one month old, was to be the ones who forever live on the outside and on the inside. The ones who don't get that involved in the minutiae, who can stand on the outside even as they are a part of it all in order to bring redemption. The ones who withstand the temptation to get lost in the world and who are willing to withstand what it is to be born a bit of an outsider in order to be a source of service and liberation for others. To be a gadfly. To be the one who holds up a mirror to those who are lost in illusion or in a place where priorities are confused. The Levites become the holy reminder of the people, to the people. That from one month old, the most important thing in the world is life itself. The value of human life in all of its forms. The Levites become the conscience of the Jewish people. And to be willing to be counted separately is to be willing to, on some degree, stand on the outside and say, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being a little bit on the outside, a little bit distant from what the general population thinks is okay or what the general hamon mediocrity invites. Great philosopher and marketing guru, Seth Godin. Seth Godin says that when it comes to business, trying to undersell your biggest competitor by the $2 or 2% is a race to the bottom. He says, find what it is that makes you unique and stand out as it calls to you from that place. That is your unique contribution. It might not go wide, but it'll be true. This aliyah this morning is an aliyah for those who struggle sometimes with recognizing that part of what they are called to be is to be somewhat on the outside. Part of what they are called to name is the importance and the recognition that within any community and within any nation there must be people who stand as conscience and are willing to take the hit that comes with speaking the truth in service of the larger group. Who aren't willing to be assimilated into mediocrity. So this morning's Aliyah is a blessing for courage to be a gadfly, to be counted as it were from the place where you were just a month old and your daemon, your, you, the acorn of who you were. Part of that was that you were born between places. And, you know, you were born that way. That's who you are. For that aliyah, for that blessing, if that's where you are, we invite you to open up and come up for the Torah's blessing this morning of the Levites 
as we recognize the power and the promise of wearing Levi jeans. <laughs>